everyone. Welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Greetings. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Salutations. Salutations. <laughs> too good not to use again. That's fair. That's fair. It is a good. It's a good. It's like hello there. You just say hello it. Hello there. Greetings. It good. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. Oh, wow. A lot to talk about, cuz. A lot to talk about. Uh, But first, before we dive into the Mandalorian finale, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are a Star Wars podcast to discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. We talk about it. Andrea. Mandalorian season two finale. Let's just talk about it. What were your initial reactions and thoughts? Well, I was honestly surprised of my initial reaction. I loved it. I was crying. I couldn't even believe I shed a tear over this, but I did. I mean, it was, uh, I, you know, I hate the phrase and I've said this plenty of times, like when people say this is what Star Wars is supposed to be, but I mean, really, to me, that last episode is just the embodiment of what Star Wars is. So um, I just completely enjoyed it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was shocked. (laughs) Anything kind of stick out with you? I mean, we're going to dive into kind of the bigger stuff, but uh, anything that kind of resonates with you for the finale? You know, just the overall excitement of um the episode i really think peyton reed did a great job of making that one episode feel like a film and the build-up and the anticipation um the anxiety of uh what's coming you know into the hangar what's in the hallway uh the the dark troopers freezing up and turning their attention away from the door moff gideon and din's interaction all that it it was so cinematic it was I did not feel like I was watching TV. I felt like I was watching a film. It was great. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. So I remember getting up. It was pretty early watching this finale. I was super excited. And it kind of just, it took you, like you said, it felt cinematic. So like it, just so many turns and so many points of this, of this finale. It felt bigger than a TV show. I 100% agree with you. Um, I loved it, though. I mean, I think how everything was set up, the kind of like, is that is that him? Is that him? Is that Luke? Is that Luke? Yeah. Because you never, I mean, you kind of, you know, when the X-Wing came in, you're like, ah, that could be, you know, uh, Dave or the other guy. <laughs> like, Right, yeah. Could it, be Carson. Right. It could be Carson. So, you know, it was like the pump fanks they were giving you, like, oh, there's one X-Wing. And then it was... There's a robed figure. And at first I was like, well, that could could be Ahsoka. Maybe she had an X-Wing. I don't know. <laughs> and then I think the thing that drove me, I was just like, oh, wow, they're going there, was the green lightsaber. When that thing ignited, I knew 100% that was that was Luke Skywalker. So that yeah. was just, it was it was awesome. It was cool. Uh, I mean, just the, the again, we're, we'll talk about the bigger, like the bigger things in a minute, but yeah, my overall reaction, I loved it. I mean, I loved how the finale was and how it ended up because now going into season three, which again, we'll we'll dive deep into it in a little bit, but man, there's just a lot of storylines, a lot of ways they can, you know, make season three so much bigger now because 
you know, we, I feel, and we'll talk about it, you know, I feel that this is the end, not the end of Mando and Grogu, but it will be for a little bit. I don't think we'll see him a lot in season three, maybe season four, depending on how long they, how many seasons this goes, but we've heard four, we've rumors of four. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bring back Grogu and kind of where he's going to be. Well, again, that's a bigger discussion we'll have in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, just this overall finale, Peyton Reed, you said it best. He nailed it. I mean, his, absolutely. What a his, great choice of director for oh, God, yeah. final I mean, episode. Even, I mean, if you watch the gallery, people too, I mean, you get a sense of how much of a Star Wars fan he is and how much he loved and just felt privileged of doing this finale. And, you know, all the directors really, I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard, Robert Rodriguez, Rick Famaway. I mean, it was amazing. Dave Filoni with the Ahsoka. I mean, again, dive into the gal- the uh, gallery for season two. It's good stuff. Now, I will. Okay, so the whole thing, I I could not believe I was like crying when, when that music came in, when you saw the hooded figure, when you saw the green lightsaber, when you saw the gloved hand. I was like sitting, first of all, I did end up seeing it at work. I wor- worked my butt off to make sure that I could take an extended break. I went and hid in this back office and watched it on my phone. It just, and I, that part happened and I was like, oh my God, I, I'm crying. Like, and the feeling was exactly like I said, wow, this is what I always wanted to see in Star Wars. Now that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy all the rest of the Star Wars that I've seen. I enjoy The Rise of Skywalker. I enjoy The Last Jedi. I enjoy the prequels. I enjoy everything Star Wars. That doesn't mean that all of it is great. It means that I enjoy it. It doesn't mean that what I saw in that last Mandalorian episode takes away from anything that came before it. If anything, it enhances it. But it was just something about, and we've talked about it plenty of times, we don't always need the nostalgia in Star Wars, but when you get it and it's done right, it is a moving experience for a big Star Wars fan. And I was sh- I was shocked that I had that kind of emotional reaction to it. But then when I got on Twitter, I realized I wasn't the only one. I mean, a lot of people were having the exact same emotional reaction to seeing Luke Skywalker. That doesn't mean that. And I'm going to say this. The only reason I think I got such a big reaction out of it is because the way Luke Skywalker was portrayed in The Last Jedi. And I like the way he was portrayed in The Last Jedi. But if we always got to see Luke Skywalker as a warrior cutting people down, that moment would not have hit as hard as it did hit at the end of The Mandal- uh, Mandalorian Season 2. So it, it it was shocking to me that I was like, wow, I can't believe this is like bringing me to tears. But it honestly did. Yeah, I, you know, it... I, you don't you know, cry. I, I don't cry. Right. <laughs> I have a black soul, but it was, but I felt that, like you're saying, I felt that emotional connection because it was like, dude, this happening. Like they are bringing Luke Skywalker into the Mandalorian and and it blew my mind. And you said it so well, because it does not take away from anything that we know about Luke in any of the movies and any books or anything like that. It only enhances it because like you said, last Jedi is such a good portrayal, in my opinion, and probably your opinion, I think I can speak for you, of yeah. such a great story of the kid that we knew at that point before 
before The Last Jedi, you know, this hopeful farm boy turned Jedi, you know, and threw down his weapon uh, in front of the Emperor and said, I am a Jedi like the, my father before me. You know, to see, to to kind of miss that middle of what did he do after he threw down his weapon? What happened between Return of the Jedi and The Last Jedi? You know, because we only see the two, the, the two ends, right? Now with the Mandalorian, we see what he what he was at his peak. You know, he was Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master. I mean, he 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 lived up to it. They showed it, and it was amazing. And again, it, it did catch me off guard because I was like, man, I didn't I was not expecting them to do that this early on in the series. I thought, yeah. okay, maybe they'll 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 stretch it out a little bit. Maybe he'll come in season three, season four, whatever. But man, they said, nope, we're going to bring him in. We're going to bring him in the season two finale. And you're going to be like mind blown. And I was, I was like, I was just like, cause there are so many times I'm like, that can't be. I'm like, they're not, they're not bringing him in. Are they like, right. yeah. you know, cause at first it was like, like I was saying before, it was the X wing. You're like, all right, that could be Carson. It could be, you know, it could be Dave's character. And then, and then you kind of think like, well, you know, maybe it could be any any re, re, uh, rebel, you know, it could be just someone in the area. Who knows? Because we knew Carson was kind of kind of keeping an eye on Mando and what those guys were doing. So it's not far fetched to them to have sent somebody, right? But you knew the minute that Grogu had his hand on the screen and his little ears perked up, you knew that was the guy that he reached out to. So then I was like, all right, so then it's definitely a Jedi. We kind of got that thought. So then, you know, you kind of go down the list of, well, yeah, Luke makes sense. Obviously, it it clearly does because we know he's he is the Jedi at this moment in time that we are fully aware of. Obviously, we know Ahsoka. She doesn't really at this time, as far as we know, consider herself a Jedi. We know uh, Plus, she kind of passed off Grogu, you know. She kind of like said, eh, you know, someone else has got to deal with them. So I didn't think it was going to be an Ahsoka return. Hands down, I didn't. No, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, So you have, you know, and then what we know from Rebels, Ezra, and then when obviously with the mention of Thrawn, could it be him? I mean, because the green lightsaber, uh, we know in Rebels, he had green. So it's like, could it be Ezra? That would have been sweet. That would have blew my mind as well. But it makes... It makes perfect sense to be Luke, because, again, if you pull in any character, even Cal Keskis from the Jedi Fallen Order, you know, there's a lot of even hardcore fans will know. But there's going to be a lot of kind of the people that you're trying to draw into Star Wars, right? The general audience who might know, you know, Luke Skywalker, right? I I mean, everybody knows that. Everybody Everybody knows. knows, Right. So if you bring in somebody else, which would have been great for me as a hardcore fan, because I would have loved it either way. It would have been hard to sell. You didn't have to sell that hard on Luke Skywalker, but they sold it so hard on just him slicing these dark troopers and giving them a hallway scene, you know, a la Vader-esque. It was good <laughs> stuff, man. I mean, it, it, it really was. I mean, he did that one move where he had the lightsaber, like threw it behind his back real quick. It was good stuff. I mean, really, that, that was what, and I think that's why people, I think like you said before, you know, we, we do love what Luke was in The Last Jedi. He came, he became the legend that I think he always thought he was meant to be. He was that hope in the galaxy, right? He was. 
and he and he pushed his teachings and he pushed it forward so Ray could be the next person to do that. But we never got to saw or see him in his prime, right? You right. See, you get a little of it in Battlefront 2. I will if you play the game, there is a section of that game where you play as Luke Skywalker and it's great. I mean, it's it's awesome. This was that amplified and, you know, big time shown on TV though. And the fact that it was Mark Hamill. So let I want to let's touch that real quick. Unless you got unless you got something else like with anything no, just like you're saying, like the Kale Kestis thing, uh, it would have been good and solid and it would have fit in the story very well. And it would have introduced another new character into mainstream Star Wars. You know, hardcore fans, gamers know all about Kale. Um, your casual Star Wars viewer does not. They could have done it, but it wouldn't have generated excitement and like. The emotional connection, right, emotion, right. emotion and passion for Star Wars again, because that's what it did. I mean, I was shocked. And then, like, um, I was sitting there at work and this one lady walked by and I was like, dude, I watched The Mandalorian and she was and she's not like a hardcore fan, but her kids, her kids watch it and she watches it, too. And I was like, can I tell you what happened? And she because she's not like, don't spoil me. She's like, you know, casual watcher. And she was like, yeah, tell me what happened. I was like, dude, Luke Skywalker shows up. And she was like, shut up. How does that even happen? Like that, just me saying that to her, like put her at another level. And that's exactly what we've been wanting Star Wars to do to because it does it for us all the time. Reading comic books, reading novels, listening to other podcasts. We get these small moments all the time, weekly, daily about Star Wars that get us super, super geeked. Casual fans don't get that. It was really nice to see casual fans lose their minds. It it was awesome. I, I you know, and I in this is another. I'm gonna say one more thing. If I hear one more person <laughs> give all the credit, uh, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, they're gods, right? They're Star Wars gods. They um know what the casual fans and the serious fans. Like they understand they're not going to make everybody happy. They they do what they want to see in Star Wars. And it's been amazing, hands down. If I hear one more person only give credit to them and not to the other producers like Kathleen Kennedy, I'm going to lose my shit. I really am. It's like all they want to do is blame bad Star Wars on Kathleen Kennedy and then praise good Star Wars to Dave Filoni and John Favreau, which is fine. They, I mean, they should praise those people, but they have to understand that, or they want to still talk crap about Disney Star Wars. Hate to break it to you, but The Mandalorian is Disney Lucasfilm Star Wars. And Kathleen Kennedy produced. And Kathleen Kennedy executive produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Absolutely. Like, I, I got into a huge argument with this kid at work about it and i was like yeah i go you know it's super amazing like when good star wars happens i was like it's always dave and john i go but man that that bad star wars is always kathleen kennedy and he like paused for a minute he goes was that sarcasm and i was like yes of course it was sarcasm i go because it's not true i go she is involved in all areas of star wars like i i do i want to give credit to those guys all the time over and over again But I don't, I just don't, like, there are so many parts and pieces that go, that are involved in Lucasfilm and the story group and the, 
and the the costumes, the characters, you know, and yes, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are the driving force of this chapter of Star Wars. It does not mean that they are the sole creators or makers of what's going on right now in Star Wars. Does that make sense? No, 100% agree because it's it like you said, it's a weird thing where kids, you know, people say, some people say that they, it is more of a, you know, it's a John Favreau, Dave Filoni thing, which is, it makes sense because they are the creators. They're the ones right. that are writing these stories and building these uh, storylines and everything like that. Totally fair, right? But you have to think of what was announced a few weeks ago at the Disney, uh, I call it Disney Comic-Con, uh, virtual Comic-Con, where they announced like 10 new Star Wars show. That ain't John. That ain't Dave. That's Kathleen Kennedy. That's Kathleen Kennedy bringing in different Star Wars and having different directors, different directors do the shows, do the movies. I mean, we have Patty Jenkins doing a freaking Star Wars movie. Which people are being jerks about already. All right, whatever. Anyway, but regardless, right, 100%. I mean, yes, we give credit where credit is due for John and Dave for creating the show and creating what the buzz is for this show because they are writing it they are directing a lot of it all that makes 100 percent, you know sense but you still have to give kathleen kennedy a lot of credit because she is still the driving force with a lot of these projects and what you know her vision is moving forward so yeah i know 100 agree 100 agree 100 agree but to kind of circle back to you know obviously with with luke you know, he the entire time his hood was up and all that. And then he comes into the room and the hood comes up. I was glad that they went the route that they did. Now, was it perfect? No, the CGI was it was wonky for sure. But that's OK. I didn't, think so. I didn't even care. But I didn't even care. I didn't care that it was or not because <laughs> it was still it was Mark Hamill doing the voice. So, I mean, it, I didn't care. Like, it, it, I don't care if it was terrible. I, I really don't. It was awesome. Maybe, like maybe like, because the first time I watched it, I watched it on my iPhone, so I couldn't really see the wonkiness. That's of fair because my my 4K LED <laughs> it was showing bright <laughs> the the CGI, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't awful, but yeah, you could tell. But that's okay because I rather have them do what they did instead of hate to say it, people. Sebastian Stan, I wouldn't have wanted in that moment. On that moment. No, I wanted freaking Mark Hamill to do what he did, to do the voice and to throw him, you know, de-age him a little bit, whatever. I'm cool with that. So it worked for me. It worked for me. And I got like, I looked past the bad CGI and just accepted it. And it was great. So there are so many storylines now because of how this ended. So we know Luke takes Grogu to do whatever. Spoiler alert. I almost certain Grogu doesn't die when the temple burns down. We can end that conversation right now. Dude. That is not what happens because we we don't he has not even, I don't believe as far as I know in canon, he has not started the Jedi Academy at all right now. He has not started it. So, no. and Grogu that's, I mean, we're still at least 20 I would say 20 some years even, no or even more than that until we get to the events of The Force Awakens. So no, we we're got, about 20 years. Is it 20 or more? Like Yeah, I mean, because Kylo Ren, no, Ray was 19, right? When right, Force Kylo Awakens was happened. almost 30. Right, he was 29. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. We're a little we bit, like, we're over 20 years. 
Right. So there's no way that grow that. No, that's not how it happens, kids. First of all, Sorry. That was a, I just that did not even cross my mind. That me, oh me my neither. god, me neither. Me neither. Maybe because we've read the Rise of Kylo Ren story, and we a comic book written by Charles Soule, and we know that. Ben Solo actually didn't blow up the Jedi Temple like they portrayed it in the movies, which is weird. And if you want to get into that, I recommend reading that four book series, comic book series. So because it, it's good, it gives you a little understanding of Ben Solo's psyche when he was um, struggling between staying Ben Solo or becoming Kylo Ren. So, but you learn that he did not destroy the jedi temple he did not go and assassinate all these jedi which kind of sucks because you kind of wanted him to be this really big villain and he just flat out wasn't so no he didn't kill grogu two i don't think grogu was even there i I I. don't think so and do you really think that lucasfilm would off grogu off camera no they wouldn't thank you exactly so Honestly, so here's so here's where we, I think where we are with it. So obviously we know Luke takes him because we know Luke was looking for artifacts with Lauren Sateka. He was going around the galaxy looking for looking for stuff. And obviously when Grogu made his call to him within the Force, of course Luke's going to answer it because he's the only freaking Jedi that we are aware of that would answer that call. Luke's so about that makes sense, right? So we're fine. So it made sense. It made sense. Could they have done ever different characters? Yeah, we could have. We could have did Quinlan Voss. We could have had, like we said, Cal Keskis, Ezra Bridger. We could have had Ahsoka, you know, help out. Whatever. We could have had a ton of different. Right. Might be alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> to be determined. But I like how they ended it with Grogu going with Luke, and it was beautiful that Grogu went only when Din said it was okay you know that moment Even between, when r2 showed up yeah r2 was great yeah yeah yeah. Man. it was 100 percent. but that moment between din and grogu when he touches his mask that was pure great star wars to me i mean pedro pascal needs a freaking emmy for how he at, is acting with a freaking puppet like it's amazing to see yeah i mean it's 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 flat out it's fantastic he's got range so I'm so glad that, you know, he is the Mandalorian because he's he's a great he's a great character. So, let, OK, so we got Luke. So that was a great moment in the show. It, I mean, it was the moment. But it to me, there's now I think that not that it overshadowed a lot of things, but it took over, I think, a huge to me, a huge storyline that I think will be what we go to in season three. And that's the Darksaber and that's Mandalore. So now we know that Bo-Katan, you know, Din, Din defeated uh, Moff Gideon and he got the Darksaber, which mm. I love that scene when he's walking in with Moff and he's got the Darksaber lit. Dude, that, that was, was so freaking awesome. awesome. <laughs> and I loved Bo-Katan's reaction. So now I know a lot of, okay, so I, if you watch Rebels, spoiler alert, uh, we're, I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna talk about it for just a minute. So we know in Rebels that Sabine Wren finds a Darksaber via the via Dar- Dothamir because that's where Ma- uh, Darth Maul, Maul had it last. And they get it. She gets it. Um, so then she presents it to Bo-Katan 
in season four, the first two episodes, and Bogotan accepts it. So I know a lot of people were like, well, why didn't she do that when Din, when Din wanted to give it to her? I th- and I think that's what I'm looking forward to finding out more in season three. Because we do know this. We do know that Bo-Katan took it without obviously a fight. But neither did Sabine. Sabine just found it and took it. So but, technically she didn't have any, you know, rule over it because she didn't defeat Maul. But, but yeah, go ahead. So I did rewatch that episode and her mother, Ursa Ren, said, how did you get the dark saber? And uh, Sabine says, from Maul. And she says, did you defeat him in combat? And she said, no. And, she, and then Ursa Ren flat out says, then that is not yours. She flat out says that to her in Rebels. But then, so the dark saber, like Ursa takes it. Gar Saxon gets it. And then Sabine they fight, fight right, Gar Saxon right. and she com- she defeats, defeats him Gar in Saxon battle. For it, right. So it's like it's hers. Sabine. No, and that, no, that's a good point. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because then she does, like you said, she does fight Gar Saxon and defeats him and has a dark saber. So technically it is hers. But like you just said, Ursa Ren said you did not earn that by just taking it. Flat out. So, that's how the Mandalorians right. think. If exactly. you didn't win that in combat. It's just not yours. So, so then it's interesting that in that in Rebels, in that um the the first part of season four, that Bo Katan did accept it from Sabine as just giving it to her. So now I think where where that leads to, in my opinion, is that I think what we'll find out is that obviously she got it. We know the people that were there during Rebels, you know, supported Bo Katan's taking of the saber and were behind her. Now that was just a few clans. We have a whole planet of Mandalorian clans that are probably like, uh, no, you didn't win that in battle. We don't follow you. And that's probably maybe what led to, this is just, again, my head canon right now, but I'm, we'll probably get a lot of information. My head canon is that because of that, that maybe helped the empire infiltrate and take over Mandalore because they were fighting and not, working together because they didn't see Bo-Katan as a true ruler of Mandalore when she tried. And then they lost Mandalore to the Empire. So maybe that's why Bo-Katan does not want to just take it like she did with Sabine. I think she probably thought it like she feels like she has to earn it this time, which makes a lot of sense. So again, this whole idea of right now, Din Djarin is the true ruler of Mandalore is so so freaking great. I love it. (laughs) So now it turns into, okay, so what does Bo-Katan do? Does Bo-Katan either A, maybe help Din unite Mandalore as, you know, a friend and everything like that? Or does she backstab him because she is a Mandalorian? And does she try to take the Darksaber from him? You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of, again, that to me, that storyline alone. Yeah, I love Luke showing up. I love that he took Grogu. I love all that. That storyline has me intrigued and so psyched for season three. Cause I think that's where we're going to season three. I think we're going the route of, we're going to kind of follow the dark saber Mandalore. I'm assuming Moff Gideon gets away because right now he's captured for, um, probably imprisoned. Maybe that's where Thrawn comes in because we know that the shows that they announce specifically Ahsoka and Rangers, of, Rangers of the new Republic are, and uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. Those are all happening during the Mandalorian timeline. So 
those all could connect maybe into season three or into season four and maybe Thrawn, maybe Thrawn gets Moff Gideon out. Who knows? So there's a lot of, again, there's so many ways they can take the show now, which I love, which is great. Because I think at, at first I thought, okay, this show is going to be about him just protecting the child and getting him to maybe his species, to finding a Jedi, whatever. I thought that's what that was what's going to be the show. And I was cool with it. But that's over now, though. Like, Din, Din's whole purpose the first two seasons was protecting the child and getting him to a Jedi. He has done that. So now it's like, well, what do we do? I mean, that was maybe that's one... You know, that's one thing that I like how they call these like chapters. So maybe that's one book closed. Does season three start like book two of The Mandalorian? And maybe that's a whole different ball game now. So many avenues, so many things to, you know, think about after this finale in regards to, you know, moving our focus from Luke and where Grogu into what happens to Din, to Boca, to Boba Fett now. A lot of things. So what do you think? Let's, so what do you think about the whole Bo-Katan, Darksaber? I mean, do you think that's where season three is going to really kind of hammer down on where we're going to go as Mandalore and all that? Yeah, I think uh, we're going to follow, again, the storyline is going to be a little less Din and more Mandalore and more Long Live the Empire, um, how that's going to work out. When <laughs> when the dark saber part happened and Moff is like down on Gideon's like down on the floor and he's got that smirk on his face like he's like she can't take it you know she she has to win it in combat it's not it's not the sword or it's not the power of it it's the story I I did not think it was a plot hole I know a lot of people thought oh my god a complete plot hole because that's how she got it the first time it was just given to her. I immediately thought that Moff Gideon was literally literally stirring up some stuff. Uh and I think he lost that fight. I don't I do think Din can defeat Moff Gideon, but I do think that Moff maybe lost that battle on purpose. I agree. I agree. Just so that Din would have the dark saber over Bo-Katan. The other th- reason that makes me believe that a lot of Mandalorians didn't want to follow Bo-Katan because of the dark saber history is when Koska Reeves and Boba Fett get in that fight in the tavern or in the cantina. And Bo says, if we fought with half of that spine, we never would have lost our planet, which makes me believe that the Mandalorians that were around her or backing her just were very lackluster. They weren't there to like have her back. They, they didn't care if they lost their planet because they didn't even have a true leader. So, you know, I, you know, your headcanon and my headcanon are the same. People didn't want to follow her on Mandalore based off of the history of the Darksaber. And that's why she wants to win it back in the proper way. And that is like her true obsession. And what's crazy about that is it's going to cloud her judgment on a lot of different things. If she keeps obsessing over having that dark saber or thinking that that's the only way for her to be what she needs to be for Mandalore, to unite Mandalore or whatever she needs to do. So I hope it comes around that she realizes that's not the end all be all. But, you know, Mandalorians are weird. 
They're stubborn. As Ezra said, as Ezra Fisher once said, Mandalorians are crazy, and they are. <laughs> they totally are. So that, but I'm glad you brought that up because now Bo-Katan, it's going to be a super interesting what they do with that character. As we know as fans, through Clone Wars, through Rebels, she is a a a hero. I mean, at first in the Clone oh, Wars, yeah. at, at first in the Clone Wars, she was on the side of uh, Pre Vizsla. You know, so she was with Death Watch. She was kind of not, you know, following that darker side of the Mandalorians. And then obviously with what happened to Satine, as we have talked about before, changed her thought process. And she wants to be, I think, what she is saying to everybody, you know, that she wants to unite Mandalore again and all that. I think that is a higher purpose. purpose. Right. I think that is her true purpose. I think that's what she wants to do. But now I think, like you're saying, it's going to be interesting to see. What she does, knowing that Din has that Darksaber, but does she still feel that she needs to unite Mandalore now more than ever, even though she doesn't have it? You know, does she need to go to these different clans and say, hey, this, we need to follow this guy. This guy won it against Moff Gideon. I was, you know, all that. We need to unite and become stronger together. Does she do that? Or does she play the crazy Mandalorian and maybe backstabbed in and try to get it from him and fight him for it. Who knows? That's going to be interesting. And I honestly think it could be, no, you're right. It could be, (laughs) but I think honestly, if they fought, honestly, and I not just because I'm a huge Bo-Katan fan, she would, I think she would defeat Dinda Djarin. I really do. You do? I don't. Oh, I do. I do. And I'll say, the only reason I say that is because we, in that episode, I'll give her that. I'll, I'll say that in the episode that, he first meets them, you know, there was that, it was Bo, it was um, Axe Wolves, and it was Koska. Those three were moving like a well-oiled machine. We talked about that during that episode. And Din was kind of in the back trying to like cut, play catch up. His whole style is more of the bounty hunter gunslinger, right? I mean, he can fight for sure. I mean, he, he can hold his own. But Bo-Katan is a different type of breed because she was grown up as we know through war through being you know a, a soldier so to speak so i, I think her that. style her style i think way is way more conducive of being a man you know being a mandalorian than i think din is that's just my opinion so i i do think if they did fight i think she would win 100 percent. but again it's going to be interesting to see her choice now that character has a choice she can either go the path of you know what i don't have that saber that's not my path now, but I need, I can still unite Mandalore with, you know, helping him achieve that. Or she can go down that path of being, of being a typical Mandalorian and, you know, doing what she wants, you know, kind of backstabbing her way to power. So it's her choice now. It's her choice. So that's going to be a super interesting storyline, I think, moving forward with uh, the Mandalorian. So, yeah. I think so. We're going to go down the Mandalore route and we're going to follow the Darksaber. But um, as much as Moff Gideon likes to toy with people and the Darksaber, um, he is also for the greater good of the Empire and fleshing out like his main plan, which is whatever they're doing in those tubes, whatever they're doing with Grogu's blood, whatever they're doing to restore the Empire, which we know is going to turn into the First Order. So I said it before earlier in the season, 
because there was that Mandalorian episode where they introduced Bo-Katan and I felt like they kind of put us in this Mandalorian, this Mandalore box. And then the next episode is when he went back to Navarro and they came across, you know, those those tubes, whatever the clone people were, the cloners were doing, uh, what Dr. Pershing was doing. And then it opened the universe back up again. So I think that's where we're going to be in season three. A little bit of how Mandalore maybe ties in. To, who knows? We don't even know what Mandalore is like. Uh, Boba Fett said the, the planet is reduced to glass or it's glass or however he said it. Um, Migs Mayfield says that Mandalore doesn't exist anymore. So who even knows how that ties in with the galaxy? So I I mean and there's going to be so there's so much that's going to be like you said like intertwined um Ahsoka the New Republic Rangers the book of Boba Fett you know there's so much that is going to shape this huge gap that we don't know much about which is going to be dope Yeah no I 100% agree so we know um so we know the end. So the end of the episode was an end credit scene, which first time for Star Wars, there's an end credit scene. Leaves very to John Favreau. <laughs> very Marvel, very John Favreau. So it was great. It was a cool scene. Boba shows up to Jabba's palace, which is now Boba, uh, Bib Fortuna's palace, I guess. Uh, <laughs> straight, straight up just murders Bib Fortuna with no remorse with Fennec. Um, and Fennec's all about it. Fennec's yeah. just like, I'm gonna grab me a drink. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and they took over. He pushed him off the throne. He takes over the throne, and then we see Book of Boba coming uh, December 2021. So, which was great. And I actually I want to highlight something before we dive too deep into Boba. That moment of Bo-Katan, Koska, Fennec, and Kara going through the ship together was great. And I, I yeah. liked it. I liked it because it, it felt natural. Yeah. I compare it to, and maybe in and see how you feel when I say this. I compare it to that Marvel endgame scene of all the females coming together, right? It it was cool. I love that, and that's still one of my favorite moments in that movie. But it it not that it felt forced, but it just felt like, okay, cool. It was a little showy. It it was. It was showy, which was fine. But I loved it. Hey, cool. I, I mean, you're a Marvel fan. I'm a Marvel fan. I loved it, right? I liked it. Yeah, 100%. But this felt more natural and more like just a four characters that we have seen now through the series, through the season, show their skills. And then for them to come together was fantastic. Yeah, no, and like I totally mean, different like fighting styles. Yes, like the yes. four of them was so fun to watch because Fennec's just like this little sniper that just knows exactly where she's gonna shoot. Cardoon is just like, I have this huge machine gun and I'm just gonna lay everybody out. It was really cool when her gun jammed up and she was just like, I don't even care. I'm gonna start swinging this huge gun around. You know, I love the Cardoon character. I really do. I it it was fun to watch like strong women and it like you said it wasn't forced. It wasn't like look at these four strong women. You just knew looking at them. It was like you said, very natural, very organic. I can't believe you didn't use that word for this whole thing. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Organic is a great word. Um, but yeah, great moment and all that. So it was very cool to see those four characters do their thing uh, throughout the ship. 
But yeah, so we get so let's get back to Boba Fett real quick. So Boba Fett, we know there's the Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett coming December 2021. So that will be our next big Mando-esque show uh, next December. And then I don't know if they haven't really announced Mando season three. We assume, I think I read that they are starting to like starting production next year. So that probably will lead it to 2022 yeah. at some point. Which I'm, fine with, rumor. which I'm fine yeah. with, yeah. Because as we know, there's a ton, like I said, there's a ton of new shows coming out. That Again, that's going to be another podcast, kids. We have a lot to talk about with uh, the with that news. But specifically, the Ahsoka and the Rangers of the New Republic and Boba Fett, they have all been, they have said, Lucasfilm has said that they all, they, that they are all within the Mandalorian time timeline. So, and we know that those connections, that Ahsoka connects, we know the Rangers will connect. So, and then obviously we know Boba's connect. So it's going to be cool to see how they connect those three shows into the Mandalorian. And does it lead into Mandalorian season three or obviously maybe into season four, like maybe one big event. Cause my assumption now is event. I mean, obviously eventually we'll get Grogu and Din back together. How that happens again, that will be interesting to see as well. But I think this next season for the majority of the part will be Din with maybe Bo-Katan, maybe, maybe with Boba. Who knows? Who knows? You know, trying to figure out where his place in, where his place is now, because his place was, you know, protecting Grogu and getting him to the Jedi. That was his purpose. He has delivered on that and, you know, served his, that purpose at the moment. Now he has to go find himself again, you know? So it's almost like now, what, what's, what's he going to do now? Does he follow? Bo-Katan into Mandalore and try to save that or maybe does he stick with bounty hunting and maybe he goes with Boba and Fennec so there's so many storylines just what that character could do so I think it's funny stuff. he has no more pull anymore because whenever he needed help from somebody all he had to say was they have the child and they were like I'm with you true, let's go true. man he doesn't he doesn't have that anymore like he's gonna be like oh, I got this dark saber why don't you follow me and again, that's such a great, I'm so, you know, that's going to be a cool thing to see is what does he do with that Darksaber now? Does he, I mean, will Bo-Katan say now, you know, again, what does bo do? What does Bo do? Does she say, hey, all right, now you and I got to go get this Mandalore back in, back in place. Or does he's, or does Din like, I don't care. I don't care because at I every don't think turn. He does. No, he, he just didn't. Like, when he, he was like, care. I yield, you can take it. His whole his whole priority, I mean, he said it to Moff, his priority was the child. He doesn't care about anything else except that he was protecting that child until he could find, you know, a Jedi for that child or find the species for that child. So maybe that's what happens. Maybe Grogu somehow Grogu, you know, he gets Grogu back. And maybe that's his next thing is trying to find Grogu species. Who knows? I mean, again, there's a lot of different ways we can go. But yeah, this is season three is going to be, I think, even more bonkers than I think season two was, because, again, a lot of things are shaping up, especially with the with these series that were announced that are kind of spinoffs and tie ins to the Mandalorian show itself. A lot of options, a lot of story, you know, a lot of things that we can do uh, moving forward. So it's, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan regardless, but it's a good time to be a Mandalorian uh, fan as well. So. Uh, anything else, Andrew? I mean, with 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 Boba Fett, how are you feeling about 
his show. I mean, I'm kind of excited. As as you know, I am not a huge Boba Fett fan. The sh- the series has intrigued me more with him, though. I'm intrigued. He's still not my favorite, but I'm intrigued with this character now because now they have given him depth. They've given him more, uh, more substance than just this background character and this you know, little kid that we were following through the Clone Wars. So what do you think about the whole Boba Fett show? What I'm excited about is that it's going to be Robert Rodriguez. Because if you watch that first episode of the gallery and just his excitement of um, portraying Boba Fett in a way that he knew fans always wanted to see him, just just to hear how he like went through that process how he made those that, that video so amazing with his, his kids, with his with kids the and the figures, action figures dude i mean that and just like bryce dallas howard said all of us are just in the backyard six years old playing with our star wars toys you know so to know that there's a creative mind like that behind this show and to see like i mean just from the episode alone and you know, I said when we reviewed that episode and I talked about how awesome his action was and his fighting style and the the aggressiveness of it and the direct movements. And then to watch the gallery and to show that they were very purposeful of doing of showing those types of things just to give that flair and excitement behind Boba Fett and that strength and that aggression. I mean, it. Dude, the gallery is always any behind the scenes Star Wars crap is just amazing. It just makes you feel like you're at home and you're in the right place and that it's good to be a Star Wars fan and that you're part of something bigger. You know, I just love seeing creative minds. So I'm super excited for the book of Boba Fett. Um, I think you're going to get a little bit of the backstory of what happened with him in the Sarlacc pit. Um, You might even get a little bit more... um, of Boba's thought process about how he felt being, you know, an unaltered clone, what he felt like, you know, losing his dad, how he feels about Mace Windu, who knows? Maybe there's, you know, you know, as I find interesting too, is that I wonder if there's more to him and Fennec as far as did they know each other previously, you know, because there's a lot lot of people, a lot of people are thinking that they could know each other because in the, as, as we know, Bad Batch is coming. Fennec is in it. We know yeah. that. Um, what's the actress's name? Um, Ming Mao Ming Mao-win. That she is voicing it. So it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see her do all that stuff. But it's going to be interesting because at that time frame, we know Boba is still around. So like, did did they run into each other previously? So again, I I'm going to be interested to see if they got if they kind of dive deep into that relationship at all. Yeah, I don't ship them. Um, <laughs> fair. I know a lot of people are, which is great. I love it. I mean, hey, ship I mean, yeah, on I mean, a ship is cool. It is what I it is. Yeah, right. No, me neither. But hey, it, if you do, you do. I love it because it it brings it's it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. for for people to to do that for sure. But yeah, but yeah, I think it's gonna. I I wonder if there's gonna be more to that relationship though. I I will say this. I wish Maul was alive for this Jabba's palace takeover by Boba Fett and possibly becoming a crime lord who if who knows if he will i just wish maul was around for this because he's such a good adversary in that realm i just, i would love to see a boba fett maul matchup you know it's just not possible but would be dope yeah it would be cool it would be cool so yeah i mean i think excited for boba fett um excited to have him and fennec in that show that's gonna be interesting to see where they take that i mean that could go a bunch of different ways 
again, we could see Din show up because maybe he wants to just stick to be a bounty hunter. And, you know, maybe that's where he gets some uh, bounty hunter, you know, some bounties to do is from Boba Fett. Because Boba Fett's running that guild now. Who knows? A lot of, lot of cool stuff could happen. A lot of cool stuff could happen. So, and again, we could get Cobb Vanth. He's on Tatooine. Hope we get Cobb Vanth back. That'd be cool. I'm a big Timmy. I'm a big <laughs> Timmy O fan. <laughs> big Timmy O fan. So I, I would love to see him back as Cobb Vanth for sure. So. Everybody would. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So final thoughts on the finale. And, uh, anything that you want to bring up? couple of really cool moments i thought that happened in the um episode the launch tube of the tie fighters oh that was cool dope and i hope they somehow incorporate that into some sort of ride at the galaxy's edge because it would be great to experience that you've always just seen tie fighters just drop out of the hangars you know you've never seen them i've never heard well you know i um I dabble in uh, reading novels and comic books, and but I've, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of a launch tube. Have you heard of a launch tube? I don't know if I have either. I think we've Rebels might have shown that. I mean, not not that not that specific shot. Yeah, but I think they did have those type of cruisers in Rebels, mm-hmm. and we might have seen Tie Fighters come out of it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, we're very used. We're very used to them dropping out, like you said. Yeah, but that shot was that. freaking amazing. That was so dope. Was um, I also liked um Din fighting the Dark Trooper and using his flamethrower, and that Dark Trooper just turning its head like like that's gonna do anything to me. Just such a that was such a great shot. It that was very. You know, the dark troopers were executed so well. Again, watching the gallery, seeing that some of that action that they did was with real actors inside of it. And then some of it was CG. I love how um, Star Wars people and creators always want to use the practical before just using CG. So the the dark trooper music that ludwig dropped <laughs> ludwig is a freaking genius dude this whole dude. i don't have you listened to the the two soundtracks for this season yet no not yet no. oh dude they're they're amazing amazing dude, when amazing. they said activate the dark troopers and pretty much the jellyfish jam dropped in it was so dope it was just it's a great track. You gotta listen to especially <laughs> volume two is the back half of the season. Yeah. It's good stuff. I mean, the first uh, the volume one of the season is great. I mean, they had Covance theme, they had uh, Mando theme. They had so there was a lot. They had the Mandalorians, Bo Katans that when they come in and their episode that, that yeah. music but the the second volume two was great. It I gotta listen to that. Great. Yeah, don't no, get it. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. So those were like some of my high. Uh, I liked Koska Reeves fighting Boba Fett in the in the tavern. I love that little uh, like DDT tornado with the jetpack that she pulled off. That was cool. Um, I liked how they brought some of her wrestling style into her fighting style on the show. She's a good character. I hope they keep her around. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. I love how she really held her own against Boba Fett, mouth-wise and fight, fighting-wise. You know, she went toe-to-toe with him at, with the insults and, and all of that. So that was super cool. I mean, again, like you said, the Luke Skywalker thing really overshadowed some amazing stuff that happened in that episode. All around, it was just 
It was it was like we said, cinematic. It was huge. Peyton Reed. I mean, even if you think of, you know, the second episode of season two that he did with the spiders and the frog lady and you know being on trask with the corn and all of that i mean that was a that was no wait trask was bryce dallas howard yeah that was that was episode he was the spider cave ice cave yep yep there wasn't much that happened in that episode but that was one of my favorite episodes it had humor in it it um was suspenseful it had a lot of good like nuances of like 80s and 90s like um action horror sci-fi films um i i like peyton reed as a star wars director i don't think that's like the first person on everybody's list but i think he really gave us some some of the best star wars we've ever seen with the two episodes that he did yeah no 100 percent. so i think overall like for me season two was definitely better than season one i love season one too like i it was good stuff, but you can tell just how they, and we've talked about it before. I think we talked about it in an episode um, nine, chapter nine of this season, you know, episode, episode one of season two, you could tell that it's the volume was bigger. The budget was bigger. Everything was more crisp and clean. And that transcended throughout the entire season. So I cannot wait to see what they do with season three. I mean, that's just going to be mind blowing stuff. I think that they're going to show us. Um, but yeah, I overall, I liked the season. I think I liked, you know, we got, again, Luke Skywalker in the finale. But we got, again, for me, the entire season, you know, it it, it, it pushed along. And, you know, you got to point. So, like, you know, you got to that Bo-Katan episode. And then she says Ahsoka's name. And then Din goes to Navarro, though, next. He doesn't go to Ahsoka straight away. He does a little thing, and then he goes to Ahsoka. So throughout the season, it was kind of like that, that, you know, you go to this planet, you know, first, but then he kind of got delayed, you know? So, like, it was it was kind of like that. But then, obviously, the last three episodes were were fantastic. But, again, Luke Skywalker shows up in the finale of A Mandalorian, and it's mind-blowing, and it's emotional for a lot of people. And, again, if you haven't, scene go on youtube honestly go on youtube and just enjoy watching people's reaction to that whole sequence it's good stuff like it's just fun i mean it it really is it shows that people are are human and that this franchise is ingrained into people's souls you know it's it's a force it is (laughs) it is the force at work so you know that i mean a lot of people you know connected to that Luke scene this season and rightfully so it was it was such good stuff for me personally I loved it I gravitate to more of the Ahsoka episode because I love Ahsoka so much I love her character I loved you know ever since I started you know got into Clone Wars way back when I know a lot of people didn't like her in the beginning which I did have a small rough spot but she grew on you so fast and so quick that seeing her in live action, especially how they did it in that episode in the first like oh. freaking 10 seconds. Oh, I will not forget that morning when I watched that episode and just how geeky excited I was when I saw those freaking white lightsabers. And then you see her face. I was probably not. I, I don't think I've ever been that excited for Star Wars in a very long time. Not that again. Not that there's anything wrong with any of the new stuff. 
by just that moment in particular connected with me. And I was just like, oh my God, this is Ahsoka live action. We're getting it. And it's amazing. And I loved it. So, you know, you get why people get that way with Luke because they grew up with Luke. Luke was their guy. They grew up on the original trilogies, you know? I I more kind of, for me, I love the original trilogies. You and I have talked about that. I, there's one thing that I love. So there's a show called Acolytes coming and it's run by Leslie Headland. She mm-hmm. is the director of, of of that series. And she was quoted recently uh, saying that, you know, to, to kind of some, to kind of briefly summarize what she said. She basically said that, you know, she doesn't have a favorite Star Wars movie to her. It's all Star Wars. She loves Star Wars. She loves the universe. You know, she doesn't, you know, it's not like, you know, one particular movie. It's the entire galaxy and what it does. I love that. And that's how I kind of look at Star Wars too. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. favorite moments, favorite movies that, you know, maybe mean a little more than the other, but I love Star Wars as a whole. So I think that's why I liked, I like, I like that she says that because it is Star Wars. Like we're saying, Star Wars is bigger than the movies and TV shows. It's, it's this huge franchise that everybody can connect to in so many different ways. You know, Mandalorian, Rebels, Clone Wars, the original trilogy, prequel, sequel, all of it. That's how people get into Star Wars. And that's why I love Star Wars. And I think that's why, you know, moments like Luke Skywalker hit people differently and why Ahsoka hits people differently or even Bo-Katan. People are huge Mandalorian fans. They love seeing Bo-Katan show up. So that, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I see, uh, see Star Wars. And I, and you know, that's why I love, I love, we love talking about it for sure. So, um, anything to wrap up kind of on your, your thoughts on the, uh, second season? No, I might go watch it right now. I, mean, I have not paused right now. I actually do, I do really? have not paused. Yeah, I do. I did just watch it right before my daughter was like, really? Again? I was like, come on, man. It's like the best thing you'll ever see. <laughs> I, I mean, think about it. When we were kids and we had our fake lightsabers, you know, whether it was a broom, whether it was a Fisher Price golf club, yep. Yep. you know, who you always said, I'm Luke Skywalker, right? There was yep, always someone that yep, called yep. being Luke Skywalker first. I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm Darth Vader. Occasionally would be like, eh, I'm going to be Han Solo, <laughs> but not really. You always wanted to be Luke Skywalker, you know? So that's why I think it is great that he was the Jedi that showed up for this final episode in this season. Yep. 100% agree. 100% I couldn't. Agree. Be- I'm telling you, Lauren, I couldn't believe it. I called my sister. I was like, when are you guys watching it? Because they watch it at like this weird time, like at noon or like something. And I was like, you got to watch it like now. <laughs> and she was like, is it that good? I was like, you have no idea. <laughs> I was like, you have no idea. And then I watched it with my mom. My sister wanted me to record my mom's reaction. Oh, did you? <laughs> No, because I knew exactly what my mom's reaction would be. She would be like, who is that? Is that Ezra? Who is that? And that's exactly what happened. That's the first thing she said, is that Ezra? And I was like, I love you, mom, for saying is that Ezra. But no, it's not. Uh, The fact that we got a Rebels reference from your mother. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's that's good Star Wars teaching us. That's, that's (laughs) That's good stuff. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, again, can't say any, 
anything more than that. It was just a fantastic finale, a fantastic season. And I I love how they don't you think you know where they're gonna take it and they totally do like a a curveball or a one eighty on you and like you have no idea. You have no idea. You have no idea what we're doing with this show. And I love that. Because there's that moment in the gal in the gallery where Filoni and and um Vavro were talking about the end of that Tatooine episode in season yeah. one. Literally, like, do you think they know? Yeah, do you think they know? <laughs> like, that's fantastic because that is what they want, you know, that's what they yeah. want us fans to think about. And I love that because they're thinking about that. They're thinking in those terms, like, oh, I wonder if they'll, what do you think they're, what do you think the conversation is going to be like? Like, it's going like to be, that fa- that, it's fantastic. So mm-hmm. Star Wars is a good place, kids. We're, we're in a good spot and we got, we're going to have a ton of content coming in the future so we we got a lot of stuff to talk about uh so yeah we're gonna be busy we will be a very busy yeah. podcast moving forward so yeah uh final thoughts final thoughts may the force be with you i love that he said <laughs> may the force be with you yeah uh, and he good. was like come little one yeah dude it was good it was just good it was just good star wars that's all it was just good star wars I was like tears. <laughs> oh man all right, kids, that's it. That's our wrap up of season two finale of The Mandalorian. Uh, our next episode, we're going to be doing our book review of The High Republic, The Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. Cannot wait for you guys to hear that one. Exciting. Uh, I know Andrea's uh, started reading it. I have not read it yet. I'm going to start reading it. Uh, it comes out January 5th, so. We're going to be uh, talking about that. Spoilers on that uh, will be probably our next episode. I don't know how so. spoilery we should be on that. I think we should maybe we'll let see. people kind of. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Because yeah. maybe we may, maybe we'll drop that right when it comes out. We'll, f- yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. But yeah. So uh, get ready, kids. We're going to do some book reviews. Uh, then obviously we, we still have to talk about the big news of all the shows. So that's going to be another episode. So. Uh, stick with us. We got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe for sure. We're going to get more of your guys's uh, Ask the Gals questions starting uh, next week, too. We'll get those in. So, yeah, we just kind of wanted to keep this Mandalorian, uh, these recaps, just Mandalorian recaps and uh, go from there. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, guys. If you like this episode and you want to listen to more, you can follow us on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, yeah, we can pretty much be found anywhere podcasts are available. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Galactic Pod, see what we're up to, all that jazz. And then you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Loro Knows on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at our 2D2 step on Twitter. I almost. <laughs> I want to go. Listen, this is kind of funny. Me and my daughter went to go pick up her eyeglasses and uh-huh. we walk in and they're like, what's the last name? And I was like, Gutierrez. And she was like, with a B. And I was like, with a B? With a- yeah. I was like, no, with a G. And then me and Carmen started dying because we were like, Gutierrez. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Andrea Gutierrez. At our two D2. <laughs> two steps. I love it. All right, guys, may that force be with you. Always. Always. Always.